The Dallas Stars got back even with the Seattle Kraken in game two of their second round series. It was a dominant wire-to-wire performance for the Stars as they win 4-2. And on today's episode, we'll hear from a few different Stars players as well as head coach Pete DeBoer and get all the insight you need about this win and what the Stars can do to carry the momentum into game three. All of this and more on today's episode of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bing bong. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Friday, May 5th. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by and making Locked On Stars your first listen every single day. Be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts at. Appreciate all the everydayers out there making Locked On Stars a part of their daily routine. And the Stars and Kraken are making things interesting as the series is now tied at one win apiece as we now head to Seattle for games three and four. Game three won't be till Sunday night, though. We know that the NHL likes to give teams at least one spot area in the series where they get an extra day off so the stars will be off today they'll be off tomorrow and then they'll be back right in action on sunday evening in seattle climate pledge arena but the stars took care of business in game two they had some opportunities to win game one late in the third period and even in overtime but they end up uh, with a heartbreaking defeat after a pretty wild and hectic final play uh, from yanni gord to give the crack in that lead but the Stars able to respond, uh, and it, it wasn't as dominating as, as what we saw in Game 2 of the first-round series against Minnesota, uh, which was a 7-3 to Dallas win, but still a wire-to-wire, all-around team performance where there was never really a doubt that the Stars were in control of the game. They, they seemingly dominated all aspects, shots on goal, 37-27, Dallas. Uh, face-off, 69% to 31%, Dallas. Special teams, Dallas goes one for three on the power play. Seattle goes 0 for one. Dallas only draws six penalty minutes, whereas the Kraken get 10. The Kraken did lead in hits 45 to 32, uh, but the hit margin was a lot smaller in this game. Dallas showing uh, that they're not afraid to throw their bodies around if necessary in this series. But I got a chance to sit in uh, in the postgame press conference with several different players, as well as Stars head coach Pete DeBoer. So let's go ahead and hear from Pete DeBoer himself and Jake Ottinger uh, and get some of their thoughts on what this win means and how important it was for the Stars to respond the way they did. We looked for a response. Uh, I knew we'd get one, and uh, that, that's our game. I mean, we have to. We knew we didn't play our game for long enough in the first game. Uh, still, still had some opportunities to win in overtime, but uh, we wanted to make sure we put in a 60-minute effort tonight. And, I thought we got that from everybody. Yeah, I think uh, I think this time of year, that's what it's all about. I think uh, the great teams, you know, the ones that have, have won it all, or their records are always, you know, crazy after losses. You know, they they brush themselves off. They they take the good and learn from the bad, and uh, you know, they forget it pretty quickly. I mean, these series are long. 
every game's huge, and uh, that's what it's all about is the response, and we've been great at that. Yeah, it was kind of a, a crapshoot of a period, so, um, but, like, I just, I know this team, you know, is never going to give up, and we're never out of a game, so, you know, I let in four goals in one period, and find a way to get to overtime, and had chances to win and stuff, I think that just shows you, how, you know, good of a team, how resilient we are, um, you're going to face all kinds of stuff. Um, it's probably not the last time I let in four goals in a period of my career, unfortunately, but you just, you got to learn from stuff like that. And the playoffs is just, you know, could be 2-1 or it could be 7-6. You know, you never know. All these games are, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So just, like I said before, you got to brush, brush yourself off and uh, just try to make the next save. Jake Ottinger in particular was very good in this game, saving 25 of 27 shots and really could have been another shutout. You look at that first goal from Ty Cartier, uh, a weird sequence where you feel like Jake Ottinger probably should have made that save. It looked like maybe he was screened a little bit by the defender guarding Cartier, but I mean, the Stars up 2-1 at that point. And then the Jordan Everly goal probably doesn't happen if Miro Haskinen doesn't break his stick in the offensive zone and then have nothing to use uh, while he's chasing uh, you know, the, the Seattle Kraken attack down the ice. Uh, Jordan Everly able to get a pretty sneaky goal past Jake Ottinger. Uh, but other than those two moments, Jake Ottinger looked very, very good in this game, as he typically does after shaky performances. He touched on the, the four-goal period in the first in game one. And, and we know historically through the brief stages of Jake Ottinger's young career that he doesn't typically string together bad games back-to-back. If there's a bad game, there's probably going to be a very good game that follows. Uh, and that is indeed what we got on Thursday night at the AAC. But the rest of the team did chip in. I mean, the offense was clearly there. The Stars get four to four goals from four different players. And the defense, outside of, again, a few shaky moments here and there, looked relatively solid and, and at important times did give Jake Ottinger uh, the proper support that he needed. Miro Heiskinen in particular continues to be an absolute workhorse for this team as he skated 28 minutes and 51 seconds, 29 minutes of time on ice for Miro Heiskinen. Ryan Suter, his you know his counterpart, his pairing partner, only 23 minutes and 50 seconds. And then, I mean, you just look for both teams. No one is even sniffing. Miro Haskinen in terms of time on ice. The next closest defenseman for the Seattle Kraken is Adam Larson with only 22 minutes and three seconds, uh, nearly a seven-minute difference between Larson and Miro Haskinen, who is playing such a huge, vital role for the Stars here in the playoffs. And that's really the beauty of this team is they have the superstar players, they have the household names, but there's still a team that can roll four very good lines and several good defenseman pairings uh, and they can make life miserable for the opposition and they can get those team wins. You don't have to go into every single game relying solely on one or two players. You can look at the whole roster and say any one of these guys uh, can go out and make a very big play for us and help turn the tide of the series in our favor. And that's exactly what we saw on Thursday night. Big goals from all up and down the lineup and another incredible performance from arguably the best goaltender left in the postseason. Well, we're going to continue to break down this game and hear a little bit from Stars rookie Wyatt Johnston, uh, who is continuing to forge his early legacy in his rookie season uh, with some pretty incredible playoff performances. Uh, more on Wyatt Johnston. We'll hear from him in just a second uh, right after this. 
Today's episode of Locked On Stars is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Dallas Stars and Seattle Kraken tied up at one win apiece. Uh, Thank you again for making the Locked On Stars podcast your first listen every single day. Continuing to break down Thursday night's win in Dallas. The Stars take the Game 2 victory after losing it overtime in Game 1. The big reason for the star success on Thursday night was because of rookie phenom Wyatt Johnston, uh, who it was revealed earlier this week is not, I repeat, not a finalist for the Calder Trophy after a 24-goal campaign. Uh, I understand Matty Beneers, who is going to win the award as a finalist, Stuart Skinner, who had a very good season for the Edmonton Oilers in net. Both of those make sense to me, but Owen Power, Uh, getting the third finalist nod. I guess they had to even it out and put a defenseman there. And I I tweeted this out, and I'll say it again, no disrespect to Owen Power, who did have a very good season. Uh, But Wyatt Johnston definitely deserves to be a finalist, and he's continuing to show it uh, here in the playoffs as he records his second goal in this postseason, as well as an assist. Uh, He assists on his roommate, Joe Pavelski's goal in the second period uh, near the end on the power play. An incredible sequence uh, between those two. And just an incredible past few games for Wyatt Johnston, who yet again, uh, you guys know, he's not only 19 years old. It's one thing to be a rookie in the NHL, uh, a guy like Thomas Harley, who's in his early 20s and has been playing, you know, he, he's been in and out of the Dallas Stars lineup. He's got a healthy dose of play with the Texas Stars. But Wyatt Johnston went from his junior club in the OHL to the NHL uh, and has not missed a beat. And including in this playoffs, he looks unfazed uh, and unbothered by anything the opposition throws his way. He gets the scoring started for the Stars in this game. uh, Incredible effort to stick with the puck uh, and eventually bury it and get the Stars on the board to help get them that momentum early in the second period. And, And there's just really not a lot more else you can say about Johnston that hasn't already been said this season. He plays with a ton of confidence. He plays with poise. There's a ton of humility to his personality. Uh, Easily one of the best young players in the NHL, but he certainly would not be one to tell you that. Uh, And really, he just cares about doing what he can to make sure the team is put in a successful position. And we got to talk to Wyatt Johnston a little bit after the game at the AAC on Thursday night. So let's go ahead and tune in uh, to hear what the 19-year-old rookie had to say about his performance and the Stars getting the win in Game 2. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, this series, I think it's just, you know, a lot of speed, a lot of skill. Um, I think for me personally, I think I've just kind of been able to learn and, and adjust and kind of see how, you know, playoff hockey is at the NHL level and um, just kind of do my best personally to just kind of adjust my game and, and, and play in that way. 
it was a little bit of a relief just kind of get the, the first one out of the way. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, I want to kind of just do my best to pitch in and help the team. And um, yeah, I mean, whatever whatever it needs to be done to, to help the team, that's what I'm, I'm trying to do. So um, yeah, it's definitely just kind of get confidence to boost their, um, being able to help out and support work. Yeah, it's been uh, just a weird few weeks at, at the Felsky household, but um, yeah, I'm just trying to do my best to, to learn off of Joe. Um, I mean, just kind of seeing what he's done in these in these two games, it's pretty unbelievable. And just to see how, how good he is and, and you know how much of an impact he makes. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to learn from him and um, yeah, just kind of help, help kind of do the same things that he does. You hear a little bit there at the end. He talks about the impact that Joe Pavelski continues to have on his young career. And Pete DeBoer mentioned it as well. It's such an interesting construct of Pavelski, who is nearing the end of his long NHL career, and Wyatt Johnston, who is beginning what is hopefully a long and successful career of his own. Both of those guys spend a lot of time together as Johnston has taken residence at the Pavelski household for his inaugural season in the league. Uh, and so they spend a lot of time together. Johnson did touch on uh, the fact that they watch game film after, you know, they'll watch the highlights after games. They'll discuss the game uh, either on the ride home or maybe at breakfast the next morning, something like that, uh, where they, you know, it, it's not just, hey, you know, you live here and you have a place to sleep and have a place to live. Uh, that is an active, almost mentorship um, from Pavelski to Wyatt Johnson to teach him how to be a professional on and off the ice. And especially over the past couple of weeks, I'm sure that that dynamic was incredibly fascinating uh, with the state that Joe Pavelski was in. Obviously, with the concussion that he suffered in game one, Wyatt Johnston getting a front row seat to seeing how he recovered, how you know he treated himself, how he treated his body in order to get back to the shape he needed to be in uh, in order to you know come back and, and join the team and not just join the team, but to contribute the way that he has uh, with five goals through two games here in this series against the Seattle Kraken uh, and White Johnston, I, I think has the talent on his own to be a successful player, uh, but that is of course now being aided. Uh, and I think his career is growing and expanding faster uh, because of the impact of Joe Pavelski, as well as many other veterans in the locker room. I mean, playing alongside Jamie Benn has certainly been helpful for him. I'm sure even just the presence of guys like Tyler Sagan uh, and Rope Hints, who has been around this club for the past several seasons, uh, massive in terms of his development, his confidence, and, and learning how to play the game the right way, and also just how to manage himself and, and take care of himself off the ice, as the sport is incredibly demanding uh, and these guys need to recover uh, and get in the best shape that they possibly can here in the postseason where every shift uh, and every second of every game that you're out there on the ice demands everything of you. Uh, but yet again, Wyatt Johnston at 19 years old looks unafraid, unbothered by anything that, that he's faced, which has been great to see uh, even with, you know, in the absence of guys like Jason Robertson, who still hasn't scored a goal in quite some time waiting for him to finally get going. Uh, it's frustrating to see Robertson in a dry spell like this, but the beauty of this team, and I kind of touched on it in the last segment, is you don't have to rely on one single superstar night in and night out. Uh, if one guy isn't himself over a stretch of games, the beauty of this team is that you have guys that can take over. Wyatt Johnston, Evgeny Dodonov, not necessarily the guys you always expect to score goals for this Dallas team, but several times throughout this series against Seattle and even the series against Minnesota, you saw both of those guys, you saw Tyler Sagan, you saw Rope Hintz all step up, even though guys like Jason Robertson and even Jamie Vince to some extent 
uh, maybe not scoring goals like the way we would expect them to be doing based on how they performed in the regular season. But I'm a firm believer that both of those guys, Jason Robertson and Jamie Benn, are eventually going to get things going. Uh, and when that's the case, this team is going to be even more difficult to stop than they already are at this juncture in the playoffs. Well, we're going to continue to talk about this game and hear from one more player and get their thoughts uh, on their personal performance and how they thought the team did and how they can carry themselves into game three on Sunday in Seattle. Uh, we'll, we'll talk We'll talk about and hear from Tyler Sagan in just a moment. Before Thursday night, the most goals Tyler Sagan had ever scored in a postseason was four, but that record has now uh, been broken. Tyler Sagan now has five goals uh, through the first eight games of the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs. It comes in the third period, assisted on by Thomas Harley, uh, who had two assists in this game, or two assists in the playoffs up to this point, one assist uh, in the game, as well as Rope Hints. Tyler Sagan continuing to play alongside Hints and Jason Robertson on the Stars' top line, while Joe Pavelski continues to play alongside uh, Mason Marchment and Max Domi on line number two. But Tyler Sagan continues to be a great performer here in the postseason. I know he's picked up a decent amount of his points and goals and production uh, at times on the power play, uh, you know, because he, whenever Joe Pavelski was out, he was slotted into that top power play unit uh, in the absence of number 16. But even, you know, through the early stages of this series, Sagan has continued to look good and he looked very, very good on Thursday night. Uh, ironically, scoring another Pavelski-esque goal uh, in the third period, kind of that tip in in the front of the crease. We know Tyler Sagan is known for a little bit more either the slap shot or, you know, being the guy that when he was a lot younger, used his speed and finesse to blow by defenders uh, and get some sort of really clean goal uh, and make a goalie or defenders look silly. And he certainly still can do that at times, but he's still finding ways to adjust his game uh, and curate his game to whatever style the team needs it to be. And right now, uh, you know, you have two guys in Robertson and Hintz that can be, you know, the slap shot guys or the finesse and speed guys. And Sagan can kind of take on that role like Pavelski has uh, of getting those greasy goals right up there around the crease in the bottom of the slot uh, and a really nice performance and a very timely goal for Tyler Sagan too. I, I guess that really was the dagger as it made it a 4-1 Dallas lead. Uh, Jordan Everly would get his goal uh, not too long after that one, but still a very big moment in the game for the Stars to take that three-goal lead in the third period and make everyone in the building breathe a little bit easier. And at that point, the Stars really just needed to milk the clock and continue to play solid defense and rely on that goaltending. Uh, but Tyler Sagan ha has come up big for this team time and time again here in the 2023 playoffs and his impact cannot be, you know, missed out on. I, I know that we say it all the time. He's one of the most polarizing players in this organization because I know that fans absolutely love him uh, and what he's done as a member of this team. But there's also a lot of criticism that comes his way because of his contract and because sometimes he does not always deliver statistically uh, what he probably should given the amount of money that he is earning on a season by season basis. But I would say here in the playoffs, he has so far done what he's needed to do. And it's been very, very nice to see. And we did get to talk with Tyler Sagan a little bit after the game in the stars locker room. So let's go ahead and take a minute now and hear what 91 had to say after the stars four to two win. It feels good to contribute and um, find different ways to be successful in this league. Um, you know, sometimes it takes time and, um, 
you know, we just want to, don't want to pass up this opportunity and what we have in this locker room. Uh, a lot of, you know, our structure and um, how we competed and um, we're excited to get Seattle. We've heard a lot of good things about that rink. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be bumping in there and they're going to be uh, responding and um, we're excited to go. And that, that's a really important point that Tyler Sagan did bring up, uh, that the Stars have to find a way to carry some momentum into Game 3. Going to be a loud and rowdy building at Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle on Sunday night. Uh, you know those fans are fired up. They haven't seen their team since uh, Game 6 of their first-round series against the Colorado Avalanche because they closed out that series in Denver and then have not played a game. Uh, in between game six and now they've played three consecutive road games. And so, you know, that those fans are fired up uh, and they're ready to go. So it's important that the stars so far, this series has kind of followed the same, you know, storyline uh, as the first series against the Minnesota wild, a heartbreaking, shocking overtime loss in game one, a nice rally dominant end to end win in game two, but we don't really need the script to continue here. We don't need to see the Dallas stars look awful in game three because that's really what they looked like in game three against minnesota uh, they looked lost they looked without direction out there on the ice and we don't need to see that and, and i think there's an advantage of getting this extra time off you'll get to travel uh, and not maybe not feel as rushed heading into game three with a lot riding on the line uh, as both teams looking to go up 2-1 in the series but it's very very important uh, that the stars carry over what they did well in this game against seattle in game two uh, and look to do that the rest of the series in game one, they were just overwhelmed by the Seattle crack and four check. They found ways to break out of that here in game two. And they also used a little bit of a four check of their own, which was nice to see. They, they played a lot more disciplined. Uh, we saw that, you know, with the penalties, they were only on the penalty kill once, uh, which is a typically a good, going to be a good recipe for success while also executing one of three times on the power play, uh, a pivotal, pivotal matchup on special teams for the stars in game two that they were able to win have to continue to win there have to continue to win those puck battles down low in the corners uh, it's not always easy against this kraken team who again laid 45 hits as opposed to dallas is 32 but we know that dallas has guys that are unafraid and that can get in there in those those messy tight battles uh, and win some pucks for for their team uh, and put themselves in a good position to win games but i'm confident that this team will play a little bit different in game three here against Seattle than they did against Minnesota uh, in the last series. And I think there's a really good chance that if they continue to play their style of hockey, this disciplined brand of hockey where they don't let the Kraken speed and finesse, you know, blow them away. I think there's a very good chance that this team heads back to Dallas for game five uh, with a chance to clinch the series. It's going to be easier said than done. Uh, but I think that game two was the game we were expecting to see in game one and maybe a little bit more telling of what this series has in store. I'm not saying it's going to be easy and the Kraken are just going to roll over, but we know that the Stars know what it takes to win against the Seattle team. We saw it in the regular season. We saw it just last night uh, in Game 2, and so now it's just a matter of translating it and what you did at home and doing it on the road, which the Stars have been pretty good uh, at performing on the road through the 2022-2023 season. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you so much again for tuning in and making us your first listen every single day. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. We're always free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen. You can also find us on social media at Locked on Stars on Instagram and Twitter, as well as my personal Twitter account at Dane double underscore Lewis. 
But I hope you guys are able to get some rest and have a nice weekend. It's 1.32 a.m. as I'm finishing up this recording. So I, for one, am looking forward to getting some sleep uh, and having a few days off here uh, to begin this weekend where I don't have to worry about watching a Stars hockey game, and I can save that uh, for Sunday night. Very excited for Game 3, and we will, of course, be back here uh, either late Sunday night or early Monday morning with an episode recapping that game in its entirety. But again, I hope you guys enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you right back here on Monday. <laughs>